see, the thing with my poetry is it's, I sit with it before I write it. So oftentimes, I don't think about the words. The words come to me. That's why my way of um, writing and speaking, it's very um, nonlinear. It's very abstract, so it's hard to tell exactly which direction I'm coming from because that's how the words come to me. When I was a young boy, I'd scrape my feet on tattered sidewalks deep in the urban streets of Chicago. Nothing to do but watch the world go by. Single mothers and bullets flying, my eyes like magnets to the madness, attracting nearly everything I was running from. Though there was one safe haven, if I wanted to escape, I'd just take that midday train all the way up to the airport. Nowhere to leave. Just close my eyes and dream. Dreams of taking off, going somewhere far, far away. Those days I felt like Mike in his prime. Boy, was I flying. Soaring so high, my window turned kaleidoscope inside a cloudless sea of blue. Soon, I'm just counting my days without a dollar in my pocket. I'd wake just in time for the sunset on the distant horizon, and I'm headed back to reality. Back home, I had bigger problems waiting for me. Fears of one day watching my soul leave my body from the back of an ambulance. A young black boy, just another statistic. His life cut short from a gunshot wound to the back of the head. All the while, it was only a dream. But the screams of sirens kept me up for weeks. Sounds of gunshots more like lullabies for insomnia. Thirteen sleepless years of dysfunction. I must have lost my mind. I couldn't function. Still hoping there was nothing I could do but wait. Destined to evolve poverty into poetry. Hopelessly uninspired, tired, mindlessly living day to day, although conscious of my impending fate. My soul called to evolve, a voice called out from afar, said, my son, it's come time to unlock the psychological chains of limitations. And just then, my heart listened, but my mind ain't believe a single word now left with one unanswered question, how on earth can I be destined for something greater than the ghetto? How can I rise above these perils into the realms of divinity when all I've ever known is complacency? I've spent so much time as a dormant butterfly locked inside its cocoon thinking I didn't have a voice to speak my truth, to tell my stories. Silence was the least of my worries. I was deadlocked. These lips kept sealed like a ziplock because every word I whispered turned into karma. And that part I learned from my mother. <laughs> Ironic, isn't it? Whole time she didn't know any better either. Single mother raising five kids on a high school education. I could only imagine the patience, the sacrifices she endured. But at the time, all I could hear was the faint noises coming from her bedroom. The muffled sounds of cries and weeps. I assumed 
It was because she knew rent was due next week. Like a master alchemist, she transmuted financial frustration into aggression. I'm guessing she must have thought them belts and punches with teaching adolescent lessons from living the fucking dysfunctional life I inherited. Well, it certainly taught me how to run away from it. Somehow, I got used to it. And after a while, I couldn't feel a thing. You would have thought morphine was pumping through my veins, yet at every curse and at every swing, I'd flinch, envisioning another plane taking off, mentally escaping a life I could not make sense of. And to think I once hated my own mother for the scars she left upon my skin. But I know the pain of having me cut from her womb probably made her feel the same. The scars never really seemed to fade. But I'd be lying, because I knew she loved me anyway. I knew she loved all five of us. When I finally saw her cry that night the lights got cut off. Or that cold December's morning of watching her put socks on her hands before school. <laughs> Looking back, I kind of thought it was funny. But it wasn't. The truth was, she couldn't afford gloves to keep us warm that month. Right when the winter snow came. And I'd still take that subway train far across the city. Thirteen years later, I'd fly halfway across the country, now consciously adrift in this mountainous valley, reflecting a bittersweet transformation from poverty into poetry. All right, so the next poem I'm going to do is, I'm gonna liven it up a little bit. I wrote this poem while I was knee deep in an acid trip. <laughs> up in, um, where was I? I think I was like somewhere like south, not south, west of Boulder. I don't know where the hell I was, but it was like the most beautiful spot. Like there was the peaks of like the Rockies in the distance and it was so just radiant the sunlight hitting like every spot that I was at it was such a good time um and I sat under a tree during this entire acid trip because this tree was just bringing so much life into me um and I just got the poem to like the poem the urge to write a poem about it as I was like sitting under that tree and this poem is called Ponderosa Party Mid-July, I took a trip up to the pine forest, through a party for a ponderosa. No cakes were received, but oh, was it ever so sweet. The scent of soft vanilla hit me like a train. I could smell it emanating from her aura, the roar of a mountainous breeze. It sounded like applause. The rhythm swayed her body like a carousel. Round and round she goes. Tell me how it feels to be so grounded. Untamed, unbothered, tethered by your motherly roots. Oh, how I wish I was more like you. So strong, yet so still. You'll never fold to that vicious wind. And if it dares to knock you down, you're sure to one day rise again. Dearest Ponderosa tree, today I celebrate you.
with all your earthly scent and all your vibrant hues. And I know I'm only human, but in my next life, I want to be just like you. All right, so this is actually another poem that I wrote <laughs> on, um, actually, I was, like, coming, it was, like, the morning after a shrimp trip. Um, this was, like, also, like, out in nature. Um, and this, this is, like, one of my favorite poems because it, it just took, like, I, I don't even know, like, where the words came from. It just took me on this journey, and, you know, I went through it, and then I brought it out in words, so... Alone, I was out in nature. I couldn't hear a sound. The breeze of the freshest air far from any town. I took a breath, closed my eyes, and then I started to weep. In that precious moment, all I wanted was for my ancestors to see. My ancestors, their lives were taken and cheated. I never had the opportunity. Never felt this inner peace of being immersed in tranquility. All they knew was torture and fear. The screams and cries none of us will ever come to hear. Lord, kidnapped, shackled, and sold. Man, you would have thought we were worth more than gold. Was it that hard to just have left us alone? Robbed us from our homes? Brought us to this foreign land in which we don't belong? We never even had the chance. Entire generations of souls wiped out at the hands of people who believed we were less than. Unbelievable is an understatement. Somehow they enjoyed the killing, used our kind spirits to selfishly make themselves a living, poisoned seeds of this country sourced upon wars and slavery. And then they had the nerve to stand up and call us lazy, the fucking audacity. How it breaks my heart to think, as a man of love and peace, much harm was done to someone who looked a lot like me. The same skin, dark and oily, same hair, nappy, defies gravity, visions that cannot be unseen, the hunting echoes of screams, no officer please, I can't breathe. Elijah McLean, last words of a man who looked a lot like me. And it could have been me in another life on another day. Still, I can't seem to comprehend the hate, envy, nor jealousy that my skin seems to bring. The words are hard to find. The words are hard to speak. Ever wonder why they never talked about Black Wall Street? Shh. They didn't want you to see that their great American history is tragically riddled with insecurities, tainted with bitter symphonies. Only the sounds of hymns and somber melodies kept my people's dignity helplessly marching the streets, hoping and praying for just a piece of what it feels like to be free. Free from lynchings and Jim Crow. Free from picket signs and fire hoses. Well, 
Somehow, we must have known about the subtle ebbs and flows, the ocean tides that rise and fall, the truth of karmic laws. Understand, you will reap the seeds upon which you have sown. See, my people are magical, like fairy tales and garden gnomes. Took that magic, led our own people through underground railroads, used the night stars to escape, guide their way, light the path, the darkness showed the truth flows inside these bones the truth is relevant inside my skin and my failure to follow through my intuition was my one and only sin in which i am forgiven for my skin is a reflection of me the creator a mirror to my soul with all its complexities the universe beholds don't need to prove a single thing because the proof is in the pudding checkup on your recipe and despite these atrocities effortlessly we are blessed with resilience we fall down, we keep it moving, and we shall do it soulfully. Recollections of these prophetic stories written and spoken between the fluid lines of my poetry. God is a woman, and she looks a lot like you. A truism spoken only far and few. Real smooth, she arrives with the rising of the moon. Spotlights my earthly stage descending from her throne. Behold, my queen. Beamed from the widest space in heaven, she comes in peace. Making love is her mission. Now I'm soul witnessing hypnotic visions pulling me to and fro. Holy Mecca, she knows me well. She holds a potion, casts a spell within a moment's notice. I am Lord, with laser focus memory, distorted, contorted, I make my approach hold in one question, darling, what is the secret of your mystical enchantment? Shh, silenced, as I'm met with a slow, soulful gaze, penetrating, intoxicating, eyes of a Scorpio. In these eyes, I catch a glimpse of an underworld hidden deep within her sacral, a sacred temple. This woman carries the cosmic womb of all things magical. Nine months later brings life to a miracle, Mother Nature's favorite superhero. Though inside this patriarchal circus of a shit show, she plays the role of a sad, sad housewife. Sadly mistaken, cause unlike Superman, my woman folds to no kryptonite. Instead, she embodies the archetypes of Isis and Aphrodite. What is that I am smelling, enticed with aroma of lotus and honey? The waters are running, the tension is brewing. You're thinking you're slick? I know what you're doing. Wondering what male god would give this woman power to hypnotize beyond what the eye can see. I said, what male God would give this woman power to bring a man weak to his knees without moving an inch. If she's a drug, I'm the addict. Five seconds, I'm relapsing, itching, scratching for a quick fix. Temptation, I must resist. She takes one half step, whispers. It's been five seconds. 
as if it couldn't have been more obvious. A goddess's gravitational pull is unmatched. Confused, I must have misread the fine print. Too bad. Fuck a contract. She shows no sympathy. She comes with the speed of a late summer's breeze. Light as a feather, I am weightlessly swept away from my prideful groove. Hands up, surrender. I'll take you as my muse. She tempts me. I tempt her. Her sweet sunlit nectar slow drips from my lips as I tend to her canvas. Painting portraits of heaven, posing butt naked like rose from Titanic. Blending brushstrokes into deep strokes upon rivers into oceans gasping like a cardiac drowning in her waters submerged in her loving no oxygen oh what on earth was i thinking well i wasn't the next breath was history I went to meet my maker, and I came back a Pisces. Now I'm swimming in the depths of this wet dream reverie. Melody, sailing to the rhythm of your ecstasy. Baby Poseidon himself couldn't handle this tsunami. Somebody say, Lord, have mercy. How she lures me in like a fish to a flume. If looks could devour, I'll be feasting till there's nothing left of you, amen. It'll be the last supper indeed, my appetite like a black hole. It knows no boundaries, like Adam when he ate that apple from the forbidden tree. But can we all agree he probably ate it cause it looked a lot like Eve, if you know what I mean. Baby, without you, my poetry is a eulogy. I mean, imagine scenes of a desolate world without the precious love of a woman the oceans would sink never to rise again the birds will sing bittersweet songs of sadness worldwide suicide and depression a karmic lesson for treating this planet the same way we've done to our women oh motherfucker it's a tragedy bound to unleash an unforeseen amen a plague greater than bubonic boy you better hit the ground running move your feet like sonic i promise the wrath of a woman ain't nothing to fuck with you make your bed she'll tuck you in coming straight for your neck with one intention vengeance my friends you're gonna need jehovah's witnesses better call an exorcist mother earth is waking up and she's choosing violences the twelfth hour bringing dire consequences should we ever there, lead her love astray. And the clock is ticking. We're coming close to the eighth, but hey, y'all know what they say. It is a man's world, but it wouldn't be anything without a woman or my girl. Now somebody say amen. Jace West, welcome yeah. to The Poets. Thank you for featuring. Oh, it's good to be here. Thank you. I of course. It. Of course. Um, I, I wanted to ask you right off the bat about rhythm. Okay. Because your poetry, there's a few people who I can do this to, but I can literally tap my foot the entire <laughs> time you're reading and keep the rhythm with you as you're going. So I wanted to ask you, how, how much of a role does rhythm play in 
the the way you write a poem? Mm, I'd say rhythm is, it's like I want to have fun when I'm reading like my poetry. You know, I don't just want to like read just for the purpose of reading. You know, I want to like feel something as I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as as I'm like writing, it's like the rhythm is it's kind of like flowing along with me in my head. Mm. So it's like that's coming with me along with the journey of the poem. Um, I really don't have to like think about it too much because it's like that ha- that has to be a product of it. And, and sometimes like I'll write poems like without rhythm, but mm. even then it'll still have a little bit of mm-hmm. rhythm. Can't get away from it. Yeah, you can't get away from <laughs> it. It's just, I don't know, it's in my blood. I feel that. I feel that. Wow. So So when you're writing it, are you consciously thinking about the performance or are they just kind of married together like the it just kind of comes naturally to you i think about the performance of it after i've already written it so i write it first like mm-hmm. i don't think about the i guess the rhythm or the flow like as i'm like writing it but i guess subconsciously maybe i am i don't know like there's sure. a lot of parts in there um but the performance part, it comes afterwards because then I'm able to tweak it. You know, I'm able to like amplify, you know, certain scenes. I'm mm-hmm. able to like, you know, get like low in certain scenes. I'm able to like tweak my voice a little bit. Um, so it, it's just a lot of like playing around with different scenes, playing around with stretching words, you know, finding, you know, climax scenes. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it, it's kind of just like a... I'm like very theatrical in nature. Yeah. So it's a lot of just like tweaking around with that. Cool. And you kind of do that on your feet up on stage, like as you're going or as you repeat performances. As I repeat, because on stage I'm nervous as hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't seem like it. I'll I'll tell you that. Dude, I'll like see my hands shaking and shit, (laughs) like holding the mic and I'm like, oh shit, they're singing this. My voice would get dry as hell. So it's just a matter of repetition. I feel like the more that I um, repeat, performing my poems um the better and more comfortable i feel Mm -hmm. within you know my skin as it goes on yeah did you start at the merc was that the first place that you performed or had you done it publicly other places so there was one other place um there was kind of like an open mic event that one of my good friends hosted at the time um and yeah i think the the first like full-length poem that I wrote that was like maybe like over 15 minutes was about um it was about a breakup um with someone that I was like dealing with at the time Mm. and that was the first poem that I actually like recited and you know I got so much like good positive feedback from people that said it really touched them and like that was like a first for me so I was like this touched you like I wrote this about (laughs) someone fucking breaking my heart like all right cool but I guess like you know in that moment I realized you know it's you know, poetry is it's much deeper than you because it touches people. And, you know, that's ultimately like what I want to focus on whenever I'm like tweaking like my poetry. It's mm. like how can I touch someone with these words? Mm. And I'm assuming that comes through the performance as well. Like you kinda do you get a sense of the audience reaction as you're performing? Or are you too focused on your hand shaking and yeah, your yeah. mouth being dry? Sometimes it's a little bit better. Like if I'm if I'm confident, if I'm like a hundred percent like in it, mm. like God is a woman. Like that mm. poem is like like I, I I have so much fun with that poem because I can like because I I wrote that like about a woman like that and the scenes like it was a lot 
it was a lot of like similar scenes in there as well. Lucky so woman. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I can go back to that moment and channel that energy mm-hmm. and then bring it to me like while I'm on stage, mm-hmm. and then that's where the more I guess powerful performances comes in when I'm able to like channel that energy through and through yeah. instead of thinking too much about like oh like am I saying this right am I doing this in the right way um, my voice is too low too yeah 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 I feel that um I think it was on mic earlier you said the words for your poems just come to you yeah I wanted to ask you where do you think they come from so uh, I feel I am very receptive to outside energies that you know I may or may not be aware of that you know are completely out of my control like you know certain thoughts certain ideas like they're not mine in nature like they they just come to me but I have noticed the pattern to where I have to be completely grounded and in tune with myself you know if I'm out you know somewhere like doing the day-to-day you know work life you know out in the city around people um i don't really receive it as much it takes a lot of um introspective isolation Hmm. in order to be able to receive those um and that's why um like that poem that i wrote earlier um I mean, that I recited earlier, Ponderosa Party, mm-hmm. um, that I don't know where the w- words of that came from. Like, I literally just sat underneath that tree and I had my journal with me and I just started writing and, you know, it just, it just flowed. Um, and yeah, like, that's, I don't know, that's where I feel like my best work comes from when, it, when I'm not able to, like, think about it too much mm. because, you know, it means a lot more to me to know that this energy has come through me in a way mm. meant to be expressed. Yeah, and in a way that can only be expressed by you. Yeah. Because it was your, well, do you claim the words? Would you say they're your words as you write them? They're not my words. So it's not like you're translating energy. You're receiving the words themselves. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's fascinating. Thank you. <laughs> um, you. The first poem that you wrote focused heavily on your time in Chicago, right? It That's did. where you grew up? Yes. Uh, Born and raised. Would you say Chicago makes a reoccurring appearances in your poet in your poetry like is that has it affected the the poetry that you've written so in a way because um i guess growing up in such a you know huge city and always being surrounded by so many different people so many different artists um it's like i was exposed to i was exposed to a lot at such a young age mm. and you know i I remember everything like I take everything in and I may not be able to recall it on the spot but I store it you know subconsciously mm-hmm. um so I guess you know though the way that I write my poetry it's very um it's very abstract like I incorporate a lot of different themes and forms of um vocal expression when it comes to my poetry and I guess um just being in that environment it helped me um, see that there are many different ways and you know writing and performing because you know I was always around just so many different diverse types of people mm. um, so yeah but I guess um, in terms of like I, I had a lot of just difficulties growing up in the city you know on the contrary because it's so much noise all the time you mm. know here we are you know in Colorado where you know I can go up to the mountains and be in complete isolation but in Chicago, I did not know that kind of life existed mm. because you're just so surrounded by so much all the time. It's 
hard for you to think. It's hard to gather your thoughts. It's hard for you to think about what you want to do in the next five years because, you know, you're so focused on the now. And especially being in the areas that we grew up in, you know, wasn't so wasn't so great. You know, people dying down the street, you know, every other day, you know, you know, having to like look over your shoulder every five seconds when you're walking to the mm-hmm. store. It's it's really I feel like during my time in Chicago, I was really just living in fight or flight mode all the time. Wow. And, you know, that takes you out of your natural element. You know, here in Denver, I don't have to, like, do that as much because, yeah. you know, it's it's Denver. Yeah. That, <laughs> nothing really happens here. And you've been um, here how long? I moved here in 2020. Nice. Wow. Okay. And yeah. how quickly did you find the Merc after you moved to Denver? So, oh, that's a good question. So I think my, so I knew, a, no, okay. So what happened was, I remember, I was working um, at a group home when I moved here and there was this guy who was there. He was cool as hell. Um, he was like an artist, like had all these like crazy, like, you know, Basque themed paintings. Mm. Super cool. Um, but he told me about it. And it wasn't until like a year later that I actually like went to like check it out. Wow. And I ended up like <laughs> seeing that guy there. Oh, like, cool. Yeah. So I was like, dude, like, I remember you told me about this place. He's like, yeah. It only took me a year to get yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh-huh. you, you're more on Sunday nights at the Merc, right? Mm-hmm. Is that Do you yeah. go on Fridays? I go on Fridays. I'll work Friday, like late Friday nights, so I don't really have a chance to go on Friday nights. But uh, it's definitely like Sundays. Like I'll definitely try to like come check it out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. For sure. Um, Yo, it was good to be here. This was fun. Hell yeah. Shout, uh, shout whatever out that you want to. That didn't um, make sense. Yo, shout shout out, out whatever you want to shout out. <laughs> yo, shout out to all the poets, all the artists, all the creatives, everyone, you know, who just brings that natural divine gift into them and wants to express that with the world. I feel like ultimately that's what we are all here to do. Um, so it just it makes me feel good that, you know, I'm doing, you know, the divine work and mm. we should all be contributing to that because we all, you know, everyone gets kind of like subconscious about their work, whether you're a musician, whether you're a painter, singer, dancer, but it's just a matter of sharing that because someone's going to feel it. Absolutely. You're going to touch someone and, you know, that's going to allow you to, you know, achieve heights that you would have never imagined. So, mm. yeah. Well said. You. What about, uh, can people find your work on IG, on a website, anywhere? Do you have your it's, stuff posted? I have IG, but I'm like rarely on it. But ah, okay. it's pending. It's in the incubation stage. Cool. So um, my IG is abstract, letter X, soul, as in S-O-L, Latin word for sun. Abstract, it's abstract X, soul. Cool. Yeah, you can find me there. Hell yeah, I'll include a link uh, when I put the the episode up nice. thank you so much again for featuring this for was sure. an amazing sure. feature big time big time yeah. bye everybody peace out